There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hi guys Hi guys I'm Ari And I'm Sophie And you're listening to Having a Night A podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party Can we do that like very NPR? The lost art of the dinner party. No, that's not. Yeah, that sounds very. Hi, I'm Lakshmi Singh, and I'm Ari Shapiro. <laughs> I'm Ari Shapiro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we really get started, guys, uh, if you're listening to our podcast, thank you so much for listening. If you're loving our podcast, thank you so much for loving. <laughs> would you like to rate us on iTunes? Because we would love it if you did. We have a lot of listeners. But not that many ratings. So get on there and give us five stars. We see you. We know who you are. Yeah. Takes one click. Show oh. your loyalty by giving us five stars. Exactly. Maybe if we say it as a command, people will be more likely to listen to okay, us. Okay, do it. Go give us five stars right now, or else I'm telling your mother. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, so, what'd you eat this week? Well, I had my birthday party this week that yeah. you couldn't come to, but you had a very good reason. I did. This week, I had my party, and I had a pasta-making party, tortellachis, so they were delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I must say, what I really learned was, I was like, oh, everyone's going to come, we're going to cook the pasta, and then we're going to make it, and that's what we're going to eat. I don't know, maybe I think of my friends too highly. They deserve it in every other way, but I forgot that not everyone is a practice <laughs> pasta maker, right. so um, we didn't eat food until really late. Well, it's it's also one of those things that once you really have the steps down, it's actually quite easy. Once you're practiced at it, it's easy. But I feel like when I've made pasta with you, I probably feel the same way as most of your friends where it's like, wait, she really knows what she's doing. Am I doing this right? But as the head chef, if you will, it's very frustrating to have to like give a sign off on everybody's whisking or like rolling it through the machine and like, cause 'cause in my head, there's just like flour everywhere and people are just like making whatever shaped pasta they want. And there's, there, there's enough to eat, but since I needed to, yeah, give the seal of approval. Anyway, we ate very late. My idea for next time, and please guys steal this. I'm going to make a bunch of the pasta beforehand, then have like, oh, if you want to make some pasta, here it is. You can also just like drink. You don't have to cook for your supper. Right. And then if you make some, here's a cute little bag, put your name on it and you can take it home. Yeah. Now a question with tortellachi. What'd you fill it with? Um, we did butternut squash, much like you and I mm, did. That's so And ricotta. Good. So simple. Butternut squash, ricotta. I had like a half of a dandelion squash threw that in. Mm, I think that a was a dandelion it. squash. Is that what it is? What's that? Maybe it was an acorn squash. Oh, I've never heard of I a dandelion maybe squash. Maybe it was dandelion though. Did I just make up a strain of squash? Holy uh, shit, or, I'm a scientist. Or they only sell it in Brooklyn. I don't know. I've never <laughs> heard about it. I think it looks like acorn, but it ha- it's you know what? I have no idea. Okay. In my head, I can only... You know what, ma- Sophie? I don't fucking know, okay? <laughs> you look it up. It has... I think it's yellow and green on the outside, but I can't think of the shape. Huh. Anyway. Anyway, um, whatever. Guys, find yourself a Dandelion Squash. Delicious. What did you eat this week? Well, I had two exciting things happen to me. 
Wow. Of which I was the creator, so Two they didn't week. happen to me. But the first one was I baked bread with our dear friend Mitch. My boyfriend Harry um, bought me this amazing bread baking book called The River Cottage Bread Book. Mm-hmm. And I've had other bread books before, and they are way too complicated. This is like the size of a normal book, not even the size of a cookbook. Yeah. And he lays it out so easily. So I went and I bought really good stone mill ground flour at the farmer's market. Mitch came over. It's just obviously flour, water, yeast. Wow. He brought over a little bit of sourdough starter. So we didn't make a proper sourdough because you need to start that the night before. So we made like a white bread with like a little full of sourdough just for a little added flavor. And there was a specific recipe for that or you kind of... A specific recipe and he just gives you the the breakdown. So it's like just the the regular ratios Mm -hmm. and then you mix it and then you knead it and then you prove it. I didn't... So here's what I would say. The flavor fresh out of the oven. Oh my God. Also just the excitement of eating bread that you baked with your own hands. So the flavor was great right out of the oven. It was a little dense, which meant that I didn't prove it enough. So, and that means you, so first you, exactly. Yeah. So first you let it rise. Uh And I think we actually also didn't let it rise enough. So we should have let it rise once. Then you can do a second rise. Uh So you like tamp it down with your fingers. It kind of returns to being mush and then you put it into a trash bag again. So it's like in a little bowl under a trash bag for heat. Okay. Then do a second rise. Then you form it into a loaf and then you prove it. So you can prove it in a bowl, like Mm -hmm. in the bowl that you're going to decant it from Uh before you put it into the oven. So I think we didn't quite let it prove for long enough. Anyway, it sounds so complicated, but it was so easy and so cool. But now I have sourdough starter, courtesy of Mitchell Winter. Wow. So I'm going to start baking sourdough. I'm going to try. Yeah. So that was exciting. The other exciting thing that happened to me was I made ricotta gnocchi. They were so easy and so good. So I did ricotta gnocchi. It was so good and so easy. I was actually astonished. So it's ricotta, eggs, flour, salt, pepper. That's it. I added a little bit of nutmeg to it because we were doing like a brown butter and sage. Not sauce. But you could add... Like a little bit of lemon zest. You could add parsley. You could add anything. So easy. And then I just use an ice cream scooper, like a small ice cream scooper, to make little balls instead of doing, you know, the two spoon method that's like, yeah, takes ages. Anyway, it was delicious. And I was like, oh, I'm totally going to do these again. I would absolutely do them again. So that was. Those are the two things that I ate this week. Um, another good thing to put in our, you know. Uh, things to cook for people for cheap list. Yeah. Oh my God. The bread and the ricotta gnocchi. Yeah. Cheap as a Cheerio. Cheap as chain. Cheap, cheap as, as chicken. Cheap as chicken. Chicken's not that cheap. Chickpeas? Cheap as chickpeas. Now that's say. good. <laughs> cheap as chickpeas as they say. Okay guys, we're doing something a little bit different this week. That's right. We're still talking about dinner parties, but we're not talking about the kind that you throw. We're talking about going out to dinner. We are. I think part of the reason we started our show is because Sophie and I were both the point people for restaurant recommendations in our group of friends. Which is exhausting in its own way. Right. And recently, um, some of you guys, some of our listeners have been saying, you know, what are your favorite restaurants in... New York and Chicago and LA would love to hear your opinion on this. And so we thought, you know what, let's test drive a little having a night out situation and see if it's something we want to do. Yeah. So So, tonight. Yeah, exactly. It's just having a night out. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight 
Go ahead, say it. Tonight we present to you, or this week, or whenever you're listening, we present to you having a night in New York City. Yeah, because it's where we're both based. <laughs> I Also, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. I'm sure that's the wrong metaphor to use, but we are hoping to get a part of the website up and running that has recommendations like this. So listen and then check out our website. In fact, I feel like saying this on air will make me hold myself to it. So I agree. I think I agree. that's good. Okay, where should we begin? I think we should start with a game. Ooh, so, okay. I love a game. I know, me too. So I'm going to say a category of restaurant or okay. genre or evening, and we're going to both say our favorite place in the city and let the conversation expand from there. Great. Okay. So I'm also, this is a blind competition. I'm not looking at the paper that Ari has in front of her. I have no idea what's about to come out of her mouth. Okay. okay. Are we going to say them at the same time? <laughs> be it might take confusing. me a minute. Okay, so I'm going to... Sophie, what is your favorite restaurant for a classic New York night out? Oof. Okay. My first thought is Peter Luger's. I know it kind of got panned in the Times recently, but does it matter? I think so, because you're dropping so much money. It's true. It's insanely expensive. But when you say when when you say classic, I say Luger's. Classic. (laughs) Luger's. Classic. Luger's. I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) It was my fault. Um... I mean, Keens. That was so, what I was going to say. Oh, really? Okay. So tell me about it. Well, Keens, like Luger's. Also a steakhouse. Two yes. steakhouses. Keens is in Midtown. Um, I was really shocked coming to a New York steakhouse for the first time because they're so different from a Chicago style steakhouse. Well, what's a Chicago style steakhouse? It's just more like white tablecloth, like career waiters. I guess more like Morton's. Morton's or like Frankie and Johnny's kind of. But New York steakhouse is more like kind of like rustic and I don't know. It yeah, they're very like dark. They're dark and it's like. Everything, you're splitting everything. In Chicago, they do this thing where they roll, like in Japan, they like roll out the meat before, like when it's raw, like, do you want this one? Like a T-bone, do you want a ribeye? Do you want a filet mignon, you know? See, that's, that Chicago style, that's more my kind of, that's more my style. I love that. Let's go to Chicago and go to the steak restaurant. Anytime you want. But yeah, it's true. Keens is very dark, like no tablecloth. Do they have tablecloths? To me, it feels like raw wood. Right. Yeah. And it's like they chop up the steak, they put it on a big platter, and they it's like for your whole table. And they give you enough for the whole table. That Well, that's how Luger's does it. Yeah. And everything is family style, which I really like. So you're eating this high-end food, and you're, you're dropping a lot of money, which I feel like, you know, it feels special. It feels good. And they know to, to make sure you have that special kind of night yes. at these places, generally. Definitely. So there's something <laughs> so great about these old-school establishments here because... It's not high-low. It's high and high, but it's you feel like you want to tuck your napkin into your yes. shirt. If you feel like really like gluttonous but but great. You feel like a king. I don't know. Yes. Like it's well, like a, a feast is laid out before you. It's not like be dainty and cut. You, not at all. It's I mean, like I associate it. You want. Yeah, that's true. I associate it with very large men. Me too. Like very fat, tall, strong. Not strapping. I don't know if strapping means that you're buff, but like not that. Not um, the opposite of that. Yeah, like sitting, leaning back, big reds, big red wines. Yes. Napkin tucked, totally dribbled in juice. Totally. I mean, and that's Laughing. how I feel when I'm there. Me too. It's great, which is a nice feeling. But what about like a classic red sauce joint? Because I can't think of one. You love Bamonte's. I do. 
I love Abamonti's, which is like an old school Italian place in Brooklyn, very Italian American, not authentically Italian yeah. career waiters. Like your waiters are 90 years old. They've been working at this restaurant for 75 years. It's- a note on career waiters. Cause this is something that Ari and I both feel very passionately about. In fact, most of the people that I love feel passionately about this. Cause like there are certain restaurants where the waiters take so much pride in what they do and in the, the presentation and in the treatment of the guest and it's such a thing and sometimes career waiters are not even friendly but you can just still tell that they care for this place yes in such a deep way and I think that's kind of an essential to about these New York places is like yes. career waiters yes okay so that's a classic New York I would love to think of a red sauce place but I'm not oh oh um uh is it called Elio's on Houston? It's like a tiny yes. Italian place. Like that's super classic. Mm-hmm. The food's not that great, but the vibe is awesome. A place called Volari in the West Village. I went to see the Irishman. Then I went there for a martini. And then I had this sushi fiasco following. And I should have just stayed there to have dinner. Oh. Like I'm sure it's not the best, but like give me a plate of spaghetti and meatballs. They're playing opera music. There's like everything is kind of velvet and red. And the vibe. Everyone's, the waiters are wearing tuxes. I mean. Yeah. I've also never been to Carbone, but I feel like they try to make it into a classic New York restaurant. Have you been? I never have, no. Oh, maybe we'll go. That would be fun. That would be fun. But yeah. it's like, you know, a hundred dollar per Right, exactly. Vodka. It's the same thing where it's kind of like, I think they try to make it into this classic thing. I love how I'm dissing a place that I've never been and I'm not trying to diss it. I support um, that. But it's like, I think they're they're trying to make it classic New York, but then the prices maybe are a little steeperoony. Yeah. Um, Waverly Inn, kind of same thing, like such a great vibe, but the prices are cuckoo kazoo. Yeah. Okay, so what's our next category? The next category is, where would you go for a raucous dinner with your friends? Like 10 people. 10 hard. Okay, my first thought is I would try to rent out, I'm like, you don't even need to rent this place out, it only has 12 seats, Spicy Village, Mm -hmm. in the, like in borderline Chinatown slash East Village. Or Three Bridges, I guess it technically is. Um, Please explain the big tray chicken to oh, all of man. our listeners. So I think it's not Xinjiang food, but it's sorry, it's like Western Chinese food. So it's a lot of lambs. It's actually breads, not really rices. Um, it's incredible. They have this dish called big tray chicken, which is just like a gigantic tray, as it would, I want to assume with, you guessed it, chicken, um, in the most incredible oil and spice situation. I'm freaking out, as it's I do so when we talk about really good, good. food. good. Yeah. And it's brightly lit. It's B-Y-O, which Huge. is incredible. So hard to find in this godforsaken city. Yeah. And I just want to sit with 10 or more of my friends there with like a bunch of beers and order everything on the menu again and again and again and again and again. Yes. My theory is that you could basically rent that place out, I'm putting this in quotes, by just showing up early and taking over the whole restaurant. You could, but I would feel so bad for everyone waiting outside because this is one of those places where people it's people are there every night because yes. it's, it's not a secret. It's, it's very it's delicious good. and it is BYO. Yeah. So my suggestion is just be an asshole but um oh god and they do like a lamb they call it a burger but it's like this particular kind of bread that they make with this lamb very saucy lamb and oh (laughs) i'm fainting okay what about you i would say okay for a big fun night 
uh, similarly, we both go to Chinese food. Wu's Wonton King in yeah. Chinatown. Is it good? I haven't been yet. It's so good. Okay. It's so fun. It's your traditional Chinese restaurant, which means like huge tables. So it's not that hard to get a table of 10. Right. Whereas, you know, it's New York City. Real estate is is not cheap. And so it, it's hard to find restaurants with big tables sometimes. Yeah. Um, you can go with like 10, 12 people. There's always a, you always have to wait even if you do have a reservation. But it's also BYO. I think they might have beer, but you can bring your own wine. And then uh, they have just the most delicious. There's some soup that's so good. and Cantonese? I think so. Okay. And then next, after that, go next door to 169 Bar, which is this awesome divey bar. Oh, I know that bar. I love it there. Yeah. So yeah. It's like a great one-two punch. Highly, highly recommend if you want to have a crazy night and eat some delicious food. Also, pro tip, 169 Bar also serves cute dumplings i i don't know they must pick them up from somewhere i don't think Mm -hmm. they have a kitchen probably so uh they deliver them in little like to go chinese food boxes yeah so if you get like a second wind of hunger just a great great night that's your whole night right there and you're downtown having fun love that who's wonton um if money were no object best place for a raucous dinner for 10 wow I mean, maybe we just want to go out on a limb and say Carbone, even though we haven't been there. I feel like that's what they purport. That's how they sell themselves. Mm, Yeah. Or like um, Beatrice in, I mean, that kind of vibe where it's like very sexy, very dark, expensive. Yeah. But like, I think it it promotes clubbiness. Okay. What's their next category? Ooh, off the beaten path adventure. Yeah. Remember when we went to that Uyghur place? Yeah. That was incredible. That was really good. We checked out to Brighton Brighton Beach. Beach. Now that's a one-two punch. You go, you have Uyghur food. So that's food from Xinjiang in China, the furthest Western province. And you go do that. Then you walk along the boardwalk and then you go to whatchamacallit. We went to Tatiana's. Tatiana's. Which is a Russian... Um, dance club. Yeah. But it's also a dinner. It's like dinner. It's a full service situation, dinner entertainment. There was a wedding that we crashed a wedding. Yes, we did. It feels like a wedding there every night. And I think there probably is one every night. And there was one when we were there. Hot tip go in summer because it's like the boardwalk and you can walk along the beach. It's gorgeous. Now that's a fun more than 10 people thing. Yes. Because I think it's like a lot of food, right? And just a shit ton of vodka. Yes. And there's like... A dance show and there were singers. It's like a whole thing. I mean, we had so much fun. I danced my heart out. What are we doing? Sitting here. Let's go. Um, I also want to say, remember in that place we went to in Queens, Papa's? Of course. It's this Filipino place. It's tiny. It's like the size of your kitchen. Yep. It's um, it's twelve seats. It's a family owned, family run. It's like the dudes are in the back cooking, and then the mom is out front running the show. And it's karaoke, but it's karaoke while you're eating. And she also requires it. Yep. I it's, mean, she cracks the whip. And that's also BYO. Yep. Oh my god! Literally, what are we doing here? We have to go now. I know. Do you have a favorite restaurant in New York? I a thousand percent do. Really? Of course. What is it? Prune. I knew you were going to say that. Hands down, without a question, I think it's the perfect restaurant. I love it so much. Might I add that as someone who believes that it's impossible to have a favorite restaurant, 
You gave the correct answer. Thank you so much. <laughs> if it were possible, it, it would, would be, be pro. pro. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Guys, just go. That's all I can say. If you come to New York, you must visit Prune. Yeah. If you live in New York and you haven't been to Prune in a while, go. And yeah. then go prancing around the East Village or what I like to call the Disney World version of the East Village because that's what the East Village has become. But there are some dive bars left that I love so much and that whenever I'm there, I'm like, that's right. <laughs> Look at that! I say that's, that's right. right. She says I hate myself so much. But um, run around the East Village, see what you see, stumble into a place, make yourself happy. It's my favorite place to go out in New York. Yeah. Even though there's some Disneylandy aspects of it, like there are pockets that still feel so true to what it was. I.e., like kind of a punky, divey scene and a place where you could just go and have a drink and not spend so much money and kind of just like chill out for a while and it doesn't matter if you have one beer over four hours and you're kind of holding court but also a place where nobody's like and this like this negroni we're actually going to be making with a mezcal that was brewed for seven years like yeah and blessed by yeah all you know it's like you're gonna have a smirnoff with ice and and a little bit of soda yeah. Or a beer or whatever. It's like you're not trying to get a you're not trying to get a fancy drink. No. And it's such a relief. Yeah. Okay, so mine was prune, but what about you? So you don't have a favorite restaurant. If I had to say one and it and it can't be prune, I would, you know, to give my borough some love, probably St. Anselm in Williamsburg. Yeah. It's just this um, amazing restaurant. The only bad part about it is that they don't take reservations and it's always mobbed and it's so it's kind of impossible if you can't get your whole party together to all show up. But it's I mean, a nice place to go for a date. Like I went, we went early and got right in and sat at the bar, which is my favorite place to sit anyway. True. So I think it's like, if you're going to go, you cannot have that friend who's ca- who's perpetually late because you'll never sit. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that person. I also hate not being sat. It's like, no, they're coming. I'll, I'll order a lot of stuff. That rule makes no sense to me. I know, but because I also they're losing money, it. and then it looks bad because you know there's an empty table. It gives yeah. a bad vibe for the rest of the diners. It's true. Like if you seat me or seat my partial party, we're gonna start ordering drinks and maybe even some appetizers. You're making money. What um, do you think New York City does better than other cities? I feel like oh man, the obvious answer is pizza. Yes. Does it okay? So here's what I think New York does better than other cities in terms of pizza is like the dollar slice. I mean, we have got it hands down. It's perfect. Is it a dollar? You can find a dollar slice or a $2 slice, or you can find like a really expensive $4 slice and they are varying levels of good. Dollars. But like, I will happily eat a $2 slice from like two brothers and find it very delicious. In other cities, that doesn't happen. I would say... You're right. <laughs> right answer. I will say I walked by a hot dog and pretzel vendor the other day, and the smell just gave me such New York nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like there's such a particular, it's like a, a burnt smell. Sure. That I was like, damn, I know that pretzel is not going to taste that good, but there's something about that weird crust and the inside that gets dry so quickly that I was like, I want that right now. So, so true. You know, a little hot dog pretzel vendor. If you're here, you kind of. If you're visiting, you got to try one. Yeah. All those uh, food carts smell better than they taste. Oh, yeah. The I, nuts. 
Oh, the nuts. Don't get me started on They should the bottle that scent. Maybe I've burned the candle. I'm sure that Bath and Body Works has like a spray that smells that's like that. Hot nuts. <laughs> Hot nuts. Ooh, God, that's such a good question. Sorry, Ari's, Ari wrote a really great doc for this episode, and now I'm just peering over. But, okay, so one of her questions that she wrote was, what are some of your earliest memories of having an epic night in New York? Do you remember what you ate? Yes. Yes, okay, good. You wrote the question for a reason. Tell me. I remember this restaurant still exists. I would love, let's go. Great place for a raucous night with 10 plus <gasps> people. Bacaro on the Lower East Side. I'm B A double C A R O. Yeah, or maybe one C two R's. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> You're so drunk you can't tell which is which. It's like this great wine cave of a restaurant. You know, with those curved yes. ceilings. It's dark. Lots of candles. Italian small plates. I remember it was the first time I had like a a baked ricotta situation. Oh. I, we sat down. They just brought out this loaf of amazing bread with like a huge tub of ricotta with like some olive oil. I remember the cracked black pepper on it. And thinking, like, this is so simple and delicious. Yum. That sounds great. And then I remember after that, we used to go to this club, Happy Ending, Mm -hmm. which also underground. No longer exists, I think they reopened. We should just redo this night. Yeah, let's do it. Um, This club that was, like a, as the name suggests, like a spa massage parlor in Chinatown. But now, then was converted into a club, so you could sit in with your friends in like one of the sauna rooms, and it would be like your own like VIP private section. But it was like, you know, all tiles. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very cool. I think I tried going there a few years ago, and I was astonished at the average age to the point that I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna go. But I'd go back. Why not? I'm scared. I we mean, I never got to go dancing. That's But that sounds like, okay, let's redo that night. Shit, we've got a lot of things on our docket after this. Yeah, I feel like I would be a much happier person if I danced more. Yeah. But it's true. If, like, you and I walked into happy endings, like, an alarm would go off and, like, you would hear someone be like, gosh, shut down the party. Some moms are here. (laughs) Hurry, everyone hide. Someone's mom's here. You give your ID and they're like, but this isn't fake. You can't come (laughs) in. We only accept accept fake IDs. Um, my relationship to nights in the city in terms of epic nights is complicated because I grew up here. So I feel like they started a very long time ago. Yeah. God, nowadays, I don't know. I don't think I have a good answer for this yet. Oh no. What am I talking about? (laughs) Every epic night ends at that fucking karaoke place around the corner from my house. Yeah. Yeah. But what's the option for people like me who don't like karaoke? So I think the option is that you get so drunk that you forgot that you didn't like karaoke. I mean, it's always so fun. It's also, you're not in a room. You're not in a private room. So it's more like people are passing the mic back and forth. Yeah, I like that. It's a little sillier than doing it in a private room. Yeah, in a private room, unless you're really into karaoke, it's kind of like an all eyes on me situation. Like hard to have a (laughs) side conversation. Yes. Hard to have anything else going on, which is why I'm I'm yeah I'm always like I'm gonna go home. This place is more like you should embarrass yourself. It's okay. a it's a okay. So I would say that place is always the end of the epic night. Well, we also had a very fun night at seeing your friend who's a per, who's a burlesque performer. Yes. Wait, what's it called? XIV mm-hmm. something nineteen. But whoa, what nineteen? Wow, hey. Yeah. Wait, guys, just Google burlesque XIV. Wait, is that 19? Just kidding. That's 14. I'm so sorry. I just really screwed up my Roman numerals. Don't tell anyone. But um, that was so fun. That was really cool. And they serve 
beautiful drinks, beautiful alcohol. The show was so awesome. Yeah. That it's like was... a burlesque show with singing and all kinds of stuff. Oh, the ultimate night out is anything Suzanne Barch is doing. Guys, Google Suzanne Barch, S-U-S-A-N-N-E-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. She is like the nightlife doyen of New York City. Every party she throws is epic. That's what I would do on my epic night out. Wow. Yeah. I want to do that. I mean, she's a an actual vampire. Like, she sleeps until... 2 p.m. every day and her wow. nights don't start until 11. It's there, nuts. I mean, when you can find something like that, a ticketed event that might have a theme. I used to go to some that a similar woman throws. I forget what they're called. I think it's mermaid something. Mm. And they're like usually in some warehouse. When you feel yeah. like you're actually trekking out somewhere, that feels distinctively New York or just specific to the night, the moment, because it's a one-time only event. Yeah. Um I mean, that's super yeah. special. And then you well, can kind of build the night out, have cocktails somewhere nearby, find a restaurant wherever you're going that you haven't yeah. been to or that you have and you love. I want to talk a little bit about the new, this new rise of like Asian and Southeastern Asian cuisines. I feel like when you read a where to eat in New York list, the like 80% of it is Thai, Japanese, Chinese. It's so amazing. exciting. Yeah. Like, New York finally has a really exciting... I shouldn't say finally because I really don't know. I'm sure somebody's going to be like, how dare you? But, like, it feels like our, like, food from different ethnicities, well, specifically, like, Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Chinese food and Taiwanese food has exploded. And Thai food, it's really exciting. Because you used to go to L.A. and you could find really regional Chinese food or amazing Taiwanese food, amazing Japanese food. Now New York is like finally catching up in that way because it used to only be Cantonese. So it used to only be South South Chinese food, which is like very specific. Yeah. And I think New Yorkers associate with Chinese food, but like that's not all there is to offer. Not at all. At all. And now it's so exciting. Yeah. It's a really, it's a, a great time to explore new flavors and have all of these global flavors enter in a way the mainstream and have them more accessible. Like if, if you're here 10 years ago, it's like, Oh, what, are we having French or Italian? You have to do a little bit more work to find a great, you know, Szechuan place. Yeah. Um, or be in the know or know someone in the know. And now it's like, I, I don't know. It's very exciting. Yeah. Um, any other big old shout outs that we want to do? I mean, spicy village, there are some really good Vietnamese places, but like there yes. are so many that I won't even bother. Oh my god! A last night, one. last night though, I went to Diandi, which is this place in Greenpoint, uh-huh. and I forgot to tell you, it was a TED celebration, uh-huh. and um, we made uh, banchang, which are these uh, rice cakes with like pork and mung bean and mean mung bean <laughs> inside and you wrap them in banana leaves Yum. so this woman who started like the Banchung Collective which is California based she came to New York for the first time to teach this class and we're like the whole thing was disrupted because they had like a big like tiger uh, performance with like people dressed in this traditional costume it was and these traditional drummers it was so special oh that sounds incredible yeah i have them in my fridge i have to show you we yeah put, you, um i think we put them in the pressure cooker it's funny you had a question on there about best pasta place and i'm like kind of i'm always happier when i make pasta myself mm. but there are certain textures and the way that certain light sauces can coat a pasta at a restaurant that i i still 
practice and practice and I and can't I, achieve nah. it. And I also never make like a vodka sauce, which I secretly love. Totally. What's your, I've so what's your one. go-to pasta place? I love Lilia. We had just, yeah. we were talking about this with our producer. Um, Lilia is so good in Williamsburg and she opened a second place. Missy. Yes. Um, I mean, there are some people who just have like magic hands. Yeah. Uh, there are a bunch of new places that I want to try. Don Antonio is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Or Don, Don, Angie. Don Angie. And then there's another one. Rose Dora. Yes. Yeah. But also, um, I mean, we got to talk about like Via Carota and <gasps> their mini empire bouvet. Those ladies. Those ladies. Those are my other favorite restaurants in New York. Mm-hmm. I don't go to East Sodi so much. So there, there's the, there are a couple, Rita Sodi and Jody Williams. And they have three, four now, four restaurants in the West Village. They have a bar called Pisolino, a restaurant called Via Carota that's Italian. That's like one of the most perfect restaurants in New York. It's mm-hmm. an all, it's open all day. It's, the food is so incredible. You feel great going there for a cappuccino in the morning, for an orange juice, for a midday snack, yeah. for a coffee, for a, anything. It's and so then European. dinner for a drink. Like it's perfect. Yeah. Buvette is this beautiful little French place. My only problem with the restaurants is they are so small and they're so popular that it's, you can't, I don't know how to go. I don't, I never know when is the appropriate time to go because I feel like you have to plan it, but if you plan it, you might not get in and then you'll be disappointed and it's really hard to go on a whim. I think you just go on a whim and just commit to, I think you go earlier, you go late and you just saddle up to the bar and just have a drink. Okay, fine. But it's like, if you are going on a Tuesday and you have something early the next morning, don't go. Yeah. You know, like, or have a backup plan. But otherwise I think it's just, you commit and you just stand in the line and you're like, whatever, it's a night and I'm just going to enjoy it. Anything else? Well, let's just end on where's your favorite. If you are absolutely exhausted and you can't eat and you have like a four friends supposed to come over, where in your neighborhood would you take them? ABC kitchen. Or ABCV or ABC Cochina. Okay, so it's that another mini empire that I mean, I, I sort of wish I did. Um, I would probably take them to one of those three or Basta Pasta, which of course is a is a pasta restaurant run by Japanese people. It's so great. It's, it's so, so it's 90s. The 90s. It's, it's so, so fabulous. Go there and order that sea urchin. Pasta. Yeah. I think it's spaghetti. It might be linguine. Guys, it's so good. They yeah. also do that Italian thing where they um, take fresh, I think it's linguine, and they toss it in a, a parm, a bowl. Like, oh, parm sorry, wheel. A parm wheel that's been like, yeah, ca- carved out into a bowl. Yep. It's amazing. It's amazing. It smells so good every time you walk by it. So one of those four places. What about you? If we were here... Um, I would take them to Maloka, which is this tiny place that never gets written about, and it's so good. And I'm glad that it hasn't because yeah. you can always get a table. And they just—it's just a kind of a bar with great food, it's perfect, great burger, great salads, great like roast chicken. Love it. My other option would be to go to. I have two more ones. Old Town, which is a pub, like just a like divey bar that's been around love forever, has a great burger. PJ Clark's. I love PJ Clark's. Yeah, so great, so old school another great burger, just like a tavern, like yes. a true tavern. Sometimes it gets a little bro but as we discussed last week, I'm a bro, so what are you going to do? That feels very New York, too, that whole thing. Yeah, yes. the tavern. I feel like we didn't say this, but the steakhouses, they do, they lean tavern. That's they what lean that, tavern. They lean tavern. And well, with guys, that... Ari's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> what, what more can I say? She's a fucking genius. Yeah. 
Oh, guys, I'm with starving. that, we would say go throw yourself a dinner party, but get your ass to New York City and come eat out. And I'm sure we missed so much, so please tell us because we're compiling our guides and we're going to string all these things together with a bunch of different options for you and your friends. Yeah, tell us other places that you love. Yeah. Oh my God, we would love, love, love to hear from you about that. And we will see you next week yes, for we will. another special episode of Having a Night. Thank you to... Rebecca Cobert to Ad Large to Colin Schmeling. I'm literally Incredible. mouthing it already right. to Colin, obviously to Colin. <laughs> First and foremost to Colin, our overlord and master of the universe. Yep. And oh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.